This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Hi there. Hi there. It's Jane Brown filling in for Libby today. Uh, She returns tomorrow. And we're talking about auto insurance premiums and claims. It is your chance to vent about your experiences with car insurance premiums and claims, whether it's been a good experience or more than likely a negative experience. I want to hear from you. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. What do you think about the so-called fair auto insurance plan announced this morning? An attempt to get it right, or is it simply a ploy to get votes in the upcoming provincial election, June of 2018? 416-360-0740, toll-free. If you missed it, in Bob Comsick's news, the plan is based on recommendations made this past spring by David Marshall, Ontario's advisor on auto insurance. He called for transformative changes aimed at improving the care received by people hurt in collisions, reducing disputes around diagnosis and treatment, and promoting innovation, competition, and other steps to improve consumer protection. Let's first get reaction to highlights of the plan with Rona DeRush, the board chair of FAIR, FAIR Association of Victims for Accident Insurance Reform, and Steve Key, Director of Communications at the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Welcome both. Good afternoon. Steve, I'll start with you. You've had a chance to look at the highlights. What are your thoughts so far? Well, I think it's a it's a welcome announcement. Uh, I think everyone who has a part to play in the system needs to work with the government uh, to 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 bring forward um, some of these changes. You know, we've long said that we pay too much for auto insurance in this province. It's a, it's really a time for change uh, to the uh, auto insurance system. The industry agrees that the system needs an overhaul, and I would agree with the government that comprehensive change is needed to get a stable and sustainable system for drivers uh, here in Ontario. We have 10 million of them uh, that drive the roads and uh, look for affordable insurance while also having the right benefits to protect them. Well, maybe what would help, Steve, if we talk about the way it's been until now and what is being proposed in this uh, fair insurance plan. Well, the uh, the current system um, deals with uh, the, the accident benefits that pay out uh, to help in getting uh, someone back to the way they were before a collision. The Marshall Report takes a, a different approach to this, the focus on a system that puts victims first, and it's really to, to care and to get people better rather than being uh, cash-focused. Also, Looking at ways to um, to get people better uh, faster 
more effectively mm-hmm. and more efficiently, uh, removing any of the, the impediments that are in the way. Uh, I think we've, we've had a system that's very much uh, into dueling assessments, and uh, I think we need to do away with that. It's expensive. It's undermined the, the – I think Rona will, will agree. It, it's undermined the public confidence in the integrity of the whole system, and, and we, need to, we need to move forward. Rhonda, what do you think? Do you agree with what Steve is saying? Well, a good part of it. Um, I, I certainly think that uh, David Marshall's report essentially puts victims first, in, uh, certainly in the wording. But the changes that are are being proposed, there's there's a lot of flaws in there, and a lot of a lot of these changes certainly won't help accident victims. Uh, the proposal to have a, a medical assessments of victims done in what they call an IEC or an Assure Examination Center in hospitals isn't going to make the correction and the, the quality of the medical opinion evidence that insurers use to decide whether a claimant will or will not get paid. So we have, a, we have a, an abundance of court decisions, and just this week in the Globe and Mail, two very big uh, articles by Kathleen Tomlinson that, that chronicle the, the difficulties that car accident victims have in collecting their benefits. And it all leads back to the quality of the medical examinations. So what's in David's Marshall, David Marshall's report is um, it doesn't address the, the core issue. What are we going to do about the quality of these examinations? Never mind that they're dueling, because I, although I appreciate what Mr. Key has said, that there are dueling assessments. The, the problem is the quality of these dueling assessments. So your, your benefits depend on what is in these medical reports. And if we cannot count on honest uh, evaluation of what's wrong with, with an injured car accident victim, then you haven't really got anything to work with. Well, and you speak from experience, right? I mean, tell us briefly about what happened to you. And this is going back almost 25 years. Well, I was injured uh, almost 25 years ago, and not, certainly not a serious or, or um, catastrophic injury, as some people have suffered. Uh, but there, there were a lot of difficulties in, in the medical evidence that was produced in my case, in my family member's case. Uh, you know, if you don't acknowledge that the injuries are there and you spend all of your efforts in trying to uh, deflate the injuries, then that leaves the, the victim out in the cold. They have to go... Uh, to their family doctors. They have to re-explain everything to the doctors. It takes twice as long to get anything done. So the support isn't there from insurers because insurers are there to make profits. I mean, that's that's what private insurance does. They have to make a, a dollar, otherwise they can't stay in business. And while we respect that, we also feel that, that accident victims' recovery has to be put first and foremost. We are, after all, patients too. We're not treated as patients in this system, not at all. We're treated as clients. Doctors don't owe duty of care to us. Uh, they write reports to which they're not, for which they're not really accountable. And all of this climate is, is hurting victims' recoveries because you're stuck here for years fighting these terrible assessments that you get and trying to prove your injuries when really what we ought to be working on is getting better. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm I'm going to agree with her. It, it's getting better. The industry is committed to ensuring that victims get the benefits and the treatment they need to get back to their lives. Uh, the 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 idea of the independent uh, examination centers and independent assessors um, and this this where they're looking at trying to build care programs and and getting uh, people better. 
you know, we can agree uh, to disagree, and it wouldn't be the first time. Um, but if you know, it introduces uh, medical oversight and outcome monitoring, return to wellness. These are all things that can be encouraging. Uh, I, I, we look, we look at this, and I, I too have been the victim of uh, of uh, the motorcycle accident a few years ago, and uh, I, you know, struggled in my recovery as well. But I did get the care I needed. Uh, so there are cases, yes, where there may be some challenges, but uh, for the most part, you have 10 million drivers on the road, and you have. Uh, people who who are getting treatment that they need. We're talking about the fair auto insurance plan just announced this morning by the Liberals at Queen's Park. Jane Brown in for Libby today and my guest, Steve Key, Director of Communications at the Insurance Bureau of Canada, and Rana DeRush, the board chair of FAIR, the Fair Association of Victims for Accident Insurance Reform. We're also taking your calls. We want to hear your stories, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Regina in Mississauga. Go ahead. You're first up here on Zoomer Radio. Uh, hi. Uh, this is my first time that uh, I'm calling you, and I really enjoy your uh, program. I would like to make the comment uh, for the auto insurance, and um, I'm actually really happy to hear that something's going to change. Um, because uh, a few years back, my daughter had uh, accident and was uh, pedestrian involved. That uh, the pedestrian was uh, jaywalking, talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, she was hit. Uh, I don't know how badly she was damaged. Uh, I would say not that badly because uh, um, w- when we came to the court to, to ask, she looked okay. And when we came to the scene, police came and talked to us, to me and my husband, and said, don't worry, it was not your daughter's fault. She was not charged, the pedestrian was charged. But my, our insurance went up, and it's happened that year after, she sued our insurance for $1 million. And I thought that was very unfair, uh, because the, the pedestrian was charged, with $300 or some tickets. My daughter was not charged, but our insurance uh, was sued and pay uh, around 20000 to that person. So okay. I'd really appreciate if they can change something like that too. Okay, Regina, thank you for calling in uh, with your story, and we encourage you to call in as well, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Steve, what about that scenario? I mean... All of us, uh, when we get to be a, by, by a certain age, have been in some sort of fender bender at the very least. Certain things that are said at the accident site don't end up being reality as people end up going through the process. Like, how, well, how can we capture what happens in that moment and have it fuel the outcome, the well, right outcome? I think that one, um, one of the problems at any collision scene is, is that you're never... Your focus is is off, and you're you're scared, and 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 either you've damaged your vehicle or you've you've run into somebody uh, like this situation. It's best to try to bring as calm an approach as possible and document everything, and try to get statements from people uh, that are there. We do have insurance to cover for liability issues, and uh, when when there are situations like that, and and a person may 
uh, look to a situation and want to sue after they've had some consultation uh, with someone, and that's entirely possible. And yes, the person uh, was charged probably on the jaywalking or something like that. I don't know the whole story, so I, I can't go into the details. But this is one of the reasons uh, for insurance. And when there are claims against uh, a, a driver, yes, that can impact rates. Uh, same as the, the age of the driver, the type of vehicle the, the person has, their driving record and where they live are all factors and go into the pricing of insurance. Rana, your thoughts on this particular case and others like them? Well, it's hard to gauge what what happened to to the pedestrian because this is uh, the story is coming from the, the parent of the driver. Right. right. But you know, we all like to think, and this is certainly one of the reasons that I pay premiums is so that if I hurt somebody, I want their needs to be taken care of, whether it would be my fault or not. This is why we have no fault insurance. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that those benefits are there for for the person who's injured. And I also think certainly from it's the insurer's problem about how they increase the cost to the to their drivers. But you I know, think it's it also it an opportunity for. I don't know. Yeah, I think that people need to to understand what their insurance policy covers, what their limits are, and what they're buying. And sometimes that's a simple conversation with your insurance rep to really understand. Uh, do you need a million dollars of liability? Do you need two million of liability? What are your accident benefits? There were changes that have been made over the years, and it's really incumbent on people to have that conversation. I always say this, and I've said this to you before, Jane, uh, that you know people spend more time on TripAdvisor looking on where they're going on vacation than mm-hmm. they do about their own home and their auto insurance policies. We all need to take a stock and inventory of what we have and what would happen in a worst-case scenario. And I think we have to realize, too, that the Insurance Act is almost 200 pages long, and that doesn't come in the mail with your premium. Uh, it, it's, it's a very complicated system. It shouldn't be. I don't believe that it should be, and I had hoped that that would also be in David Marshall's report, that there would be some simplification so that the average person actually understands what they are buying. Because most people are very shocked to find out that income replacement is capped at $400 a week unless you buy up. And they're, they're shocked to find out how little coverage that they have. I mean, we're, we're operating in a climate where, you know, something like 80% of accident uh, claims are capped at $3,500 for medical rehabilitation costs. That's not very much money, depending on how hurt you are. And it creates a threshold. So people have to fight to get out of that minor injury guideline. And then they have to fight to, if they're seriously and catastrophically injured, they have to fight again to reach that other threshold. All right. It's a very, very complicated system, and it really shouldn't be. Let's go back to the phones. Nancy and Barry, hi, you're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I work with motor vehicle accident people, people who've been in the accident. And I, so I see a lot of what the insurance companies do. And one of the things that truly is my pet peeve is that they approve treatment, but then they make the person exhaust their independent health benefits first. So even though it was a car accident that caused this problem, and even though you pay out of pocket to have benefits so that you can treat things as they come along from job or home-related injuries or just overwork of tendons and, and muscles, the, ins- the car insurance company requires healthcare professionals to exhaust those extra medical benefits before they kick in and start paying a penny. Steve, the other thing that really yeah. ir- is irate is that they don't pay 
the healthcare practitioners who are treating these people, the rates that these people charge, they have their own rates for what they will pay physios and chiros and massage therapists. So does that um, mean does that mean that the person you're treating, the patient you're treating, has to top up what the insurance company is giving you for that service? Yeah, they should, but a lot of practitioners won't do that. No, I mean, they, but the individual patient. The individual patient, no, they don't end up topping up. So who tops it up so that you get the rate that you charge? No one does. You just get what, what the insurance company gives you? Yes. And, and insurance companies, it seems to me that they're the last people that should be getting breaks on our rates. Well, the, the individuals that come that don't have benefits, they should be getting breaks on our rates. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I want to address, because a big part of this fair auto insurance plan that was announced is, is the idea behind it is to fight auto insurance fraud while getting better care for people injured in accidents. And Steve, presumably if auto insurance fraud is on the decline as a result of this plan, then rates will come down in theory. Well, you know, one of the encouraging announcements today was that the government is setting up a, a serious fraud office, and that mandate is to uh, protect the public and, and, and limit losses and recover assets. And it's really trying to move away from the cash incentives into the market. Now, your premiums are based on the claims that come in. Uh, Minister Souza said this morning that it was roughly 130 or so dollars uh, probably uh, would be a fraud related within your, uh, within your premium. Anything that we can do to ter- take a serious look at fraud with a strong, dedicated office to support this, uh, that would be great. We, we, we talk about fraud in the system. Um, the actual number, it varies, um, but it, it is a significant uh, part of what happens here in Ontario. Give me a commonplace scenario of the type of fraud that's, that's going on. Is it from the, the perspective of the person who's been injured, or is it from the system that's helping the person well, who's been injured? It can be anything from when you go to get a vehicle repaired, and, uh, and, and it, there's a there are things that are done to a vehicle that uh, that shouldn't be done to um, in, in cases I've heard where people have just signed blank forms for a number of treatments and only go to a couple of them. Uh, so, and, and then there are the, the cases of organized uh, fraud, organized crime that, that stage collisions. Uh, there are many, many cases and instances of this in Ontario. Uh, I think a focus on fraud uh, is healthy, and uh, it will it will help uh, uh, attack some of the costs that are in the system. And Rana, what do you think about that? Uh, the issues driving fraud and and how this may or may not assist. Well, I think a lot of fingers are always pointed at, at accident victims, and of course, their treatment providers are, are are easy targets for insurers to point their fingers at for fraud. But I thought one of the most interesting things this morning from Minister Sousa is he acknowledged that there are that there is insurer fraud, and he talked about uh, ghostwriting uh, medical reports wouldn't be tolerated anymore. And that that people should be able to count on um, and, and trust that they'll receive credible medical reports. Um, and what, and what, tell us more about that. Uh, what you're talking about these fake medical reports? Well, uh, we have insurers 
that um, that really aren't accountable. And, and what they what they've done, what they are doing, is uh, changing medical reports to suit their needs. They're altering them. Their reports are often uh, ghost written. Um, Certainly, injuries are, are minimalized. Uh, you know, your your whole case is deflated if if uh, the the insurer's doctor says they can't find anything wrong with you. Now, insurers are paying these physician assessors to look at accident victims, and they spend more money assessing accident victims than they actually do on treating accident victims. So that tells you how important it that they find these medical opinion reports to be. Now there's all kinds of evidence, certainly and it's coming out in the in the media this week and last week, uh, where last week it was a psychologist that was blasted for some dodgy testing of a, of a motorcyclist and a flawed report there. And this week's stories in the globe are, are about how these reports are being manipulated and changed and uh, that a, a therapist was handed four pages from someone else's report uh, by one of these assessment mills and told, make sure that this goes in your report about this accident victim. I mean, the stories are legend, and certainly from our membership as well, at how their medical files are being manipulated by insurers that to, to make it appear as if their, their injuries are not serious. But this feels like a broad stroke assessment of the entire industry, and, and I take your, your concerns to heart, absolutely. But Steve, how, I mean, from your perspective, you are representing the insurance companies, but how much of that uh, that Rana is explaining is legitimate? Well, I, I mean, I read the articles that she's she's talking about, and uh, and we we certainly uh, provided some background uh, for uh, the reporter. But this comes back down to the point I made earlier about the, the, the dueling assessments, and they're expensive and undermine confidence in the whole system. And mm-hmm. I think looking to where Marshall uh, is trying to go and where the government's trying to go uh, is encouraging. In terms of, of auto insurers and dealing with medical professionals, we expect them to adhere to codes and standards governing their profession and provide honest and accurate medical assessments. Are there cases where this doesn't happen? It appears, it appears that by what the reporter has done, but I don't have the complete story to know, you know, to everything to be, and I'm not going to comment on individual individual stories. Mm-hmm. But as an industry, we want people to get better. We want people to return to their daily lives, and we're encouraged to say that if it means transformational change to the system. And uh, it's the betterment of the 10 million drivers here in Ontario, then that's what we have to do. Yes, uh, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> thank you, Steve. Thank you. And thank you, Rana. Thank you. We will have this conversation down the road again once we see how the Fair Auto Insurance Plan is implemented and whether it has any success in improving the system overall. Thanks for joining us for that segment. Fight Back continues until 1 o'clock. Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. And up next, reverse mortgages in your Zoomer years, Canadian style. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.